someone sitting beside you, speak to them in faith and say, today is your day. Come on, today is your day. I'm really believing today that people's lives and hearts are going to be touched and changed today. As I look around me today, there's too many empty seats in the house. I said, there's too many empty seats in the house. We need to be getting out and inviting, bringing people to the house of God because there is life in the house. And people need to find life. This morning I want to talk on the subject of living a wide open life. Living a wide open life for God. Living life in the fast lane. Being a Christian is not, oh it's over. Being a Christian is, man it's just started. It's just beginning. Last Sunday we talked about living the life of repentance. Not just being sorry because we were caught or our actions hurt someone. There's a lot of people who are like that, you know, hand in the cookie jar, bam, you got me, I'm sorry. But yet, what? As soon as the back is turned, the, heart, the hand's back in the jar, grabbing again. That's not living a life of repentance or being sorry unto God. And we discussed that last week, talking about how there should be animosity in our lives towards sin, just a, a hatred and just the things that we would do in our lives that we would experience a turn-around experience. Salvation is a turnaround. It's a, I like this word, it's a transformation. I believe salvation is a transformation, a total change that God wants to bring about in each one of our lives in the way that we live. That you and I would understand the greatness that God has for our lives by the way that we would see, that we would think, or the, the, by the way, sorry, that we would live by the way that we would see and by the way that we would think. I want to talk today about living a wide open life. A life that has no boundaries. A life that has no restrictions. Now, I didn't say a life out of control. There's a lot of people who are living life out of control. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about living a wide open life that has no boundaries, no restrictions but a life that can be lived full out in God. Now, does this life have guidelines? As children of God, we know that there are truths that God's Word gives us to lead us and to direct us. So when we're saying a life with no boundaries and no restrictions, we're not meaning that we can just live and do and be whatever we want. There are guidelines, there are restrictions. But one thing I've realized is this. To live by the guidelines, to live by the directions that God's Word gives us, is to increase our lives 
in a greater way. What God gives us in his word is not to slow us down. What God gives us in his word is not to make us be miserable and depressed and sad, but rather the contrary. What God gives us, the promises, the direction, the leading and guiding that God gives us in our lives are that which can cause us to live a life to the max, a life wide open and given everything to God. It always amazes me how many people have Christianity all wrong. Do you know anyone out there that has the wrong image of Christianity? Come on, they they have it all wrong. They look and they say, oh, Christianity, that's such a confined, that's such a restricted, that's such a limited life. Why would anyone ever want to be a part of that? Because all Christianity is, is a list of do's and don'ts. You can't do this. You can do this. It's all that Christianity... You know what? Is that what Christianity is all about? I would have to stand up and say, obviously you don't understand the Christian life. I would have to stand and say to people, and I have, obviously you don't understand what the Christian life is about because if you think it's all about restrictions, if you think it's all about you can't do this and your life becomes so narrow and it's almost like boring and that you've got no life, you don't really understand And you don't know the God that I live for. Do I hear an amen? And perhaps today you feel the same way. I'm here to tell you today, you don't know true life if you feel that way. Because Christianity is a life of liberation. Come on, how many people were bound in here before they got saved? Come on, how many have experienced a liberty in Christ? Come on, right now. But yet it's... Restricted. No, it's not restricting. It's liberating. There's a freedom inside of us. There's an expansion in God. The only restrictions that we would find ourselves under, I believe, are those that we bring to the equation. And we're going to talk more about that later. The Bible tells us that life is a pathway. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and verse 14. We see that the Bible describes life as a pathway or really two pathways. There's either the broad way or there is the narrow. And let's read that if we would, beginning in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. And it says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate... And broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Verse 14. Because narrow. Literally that word narrow there could be defined as a rutted pathway. Okay? But a narrow, a rutted pathway is the gate. And difficult or straight is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. In reading that, we can so quickly jump to two images in our minds, and rightfully so. The first image that we have is a wide open pathway that is absolutely crowded. And then there's another image that we have in our lives, and that is a narrow and such restricted way. But also with that, we tend to see loneliness because the Bible says there's many on the broad path, 
But there's only a few on the narrow. So we see a broad path with so many people shoulder to shoulder, hustle and bustle, and it's tons of people. Then we see a little narrow path that's real quiet. And at times, perhaps, lonely. And that's the image that so often we have and that we take into Christianity, that it's a narrow life and it's boring and it's lonely. But really, is that what we have just read in that passage? I don't believe it is. The Bible says it's a narrow gate. And the Bible says it's a straight way. But we're the ones that have equated that it's a narrow way. We're the ones that jump to the conclusion it's a narrow path, it's a straight way. But we're the ones that have jumped to the conclusion and said, well, if it's a narrow gateway, it has to be a narrow path. And it has to be restricted. But I'm telling you today, there's nothing that says, from what we have just read, and what I see in the Word of God, there's nothing that I don't see that says, Or nothing that I see that says that we cannot live a wide open life through the narrow gate. Come on, I said that we can live a wide open life. A narrow path is not to be restricting in our lives. It's not to bind us up. It's not to limit us. No way. I mean, have you read God's words? Have you heard what God says is available to us? And you know the reason many of us don't get excited about what God's Word tells us is because we don't read it. We don't know it. That's why it's so important to get the Word of God inside of you. Why? Because you need to know what God has available for you. If we've got this mindset that it's so narrow, it's boring, it's lonely, we haven't really read what God has available for us. I like this word. God says abundance. Come on, say that with me. Abundance. Now, from the get-go, that word abundance to me doesn't sound very narrow and restricting. Do I hear an amen in the house? God said there's an abundance. And the greater, as you look into that word into a greater way, you would realize that word means surplus. Overflowing. More than enough. That means more than I need. So hold on a second. If it's narrow and it's restricted and it's lonely... But yet God says abundance, there's surplus, there's excitement, there's joy, there's more than I need. So obviously I'm getting the wrong mindset. Obviously I'm getting narrow-minded in a place where God says my mind needs to be wide open. We know the scripture, John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy Say with me, that's the broad pathway. Come on, that's the broad pathway. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. That we may have life. And that we may have it to the absolute max. That we should be the happiest people on the face of this earth. That's what God's saying. Shouldn't be, oh poor me, I can't do this and I can't do that. And my life is so restricted. Come on, we've got to live a wide open life. For God, if you're living a narrow, restricted life, you're not living his life. Come on, two people got that. Let me say that again. If you're living a narrow, restricted life, you're not living God's life. That's not the purpose God has for your life. That's not God's will for your life. 
But we often so easily miss it. We've got to break free of the boundaries. We've got to break free of the wrong mindsets. Look what God's Word speaks about our life. Look at it, Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3. It says, enlarge, enlarge the place of your tent and let them strengthen out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Come on, are you reading this with me today? Come on, this is not a narrow life. Verse 3, for you shall expand to the right and you shall expand to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and they will make the desolate cities inhabited. It's time to expand our lives. It's time to expand the way we live, the way we see and the way we think. Come on, your life is too short to live too small. But here's the problem. Satan wants to keep you small. Satan wants to do everything within his power to make you think that living for God is a restricted, boring, narrow, lonely life. Satan wants us to live small. To fail to see the greatness and the availability of life that God has for every one of us. What if? Have you ever asked yourself that question, what if? Come on, life is full of what ifs. What if I would have done this? What if I had not have said that? What if, what if, what if? You know the Bible has some what ifs in there too. I began to think about a what if in the Bible. What if David, when he was the first pizza delivery boy, remember that? David was the first pizza delivery boy. Did you know that? He took bread and cheese. To his brother. I mean, bread and cheese, that's pizza, isn't it? So he took pizza. He was the first delivery boy. So he's taken pizza to the armies. And he's expecting to go there and see God's army as victorious. He's expecting to see happiness and joy and all these. But he goes there and he sees people so restricted and literally afraid. That they're shaking, that they're hiding in caves. And he's kind of scratching his head and says, what's the deal here? What's going on? They said, what's going on? Come down here and hide with us because you're going to see in a minute. And a giant comes up and screams, who are you? If you're great, then you send someone to fight. We know the story of David and Goliath. The intimidation of Satan. But what if David would have hid in that cave? What if David would have remained afraid like everyone else that day? What if, I'll tell you, that giant would have never been defeated and the Philistine army would have still prevailed? What are you saying? Satan wants to restrict you so that you will not see the victories that God has for your life. Satan wants to restrict your mind to think, well, I can't do that. I'm just a new creature in God. You know, I'm kind of just being saved and I'm not, I don't have all of that. Or perhaps, you know, there's sin and things in my life. And I know Satan wants to restrict you and put you in such a narrow way where God says it's time to live wide open. What if? What if? Have you really stopped and considered or really asked yourself, what is it that rules my life? 
Because narrow things can rule us so easily. Let me give you some examples this morning. You ever been driving in your car, minding your own business, and someone cuts you off? And then to make matters worse, you know what they do? They start honking their horn and they start waving you with that one finger, you know what I'm talking about? And they start cursing at you and screaming at you and hollering at you. And you haven't done anything wrong. They're the one that's wrong. But you know what happens? How many of us let that ruin our whole day? Come on, let's just be honest. We respond to that. We get mad. We narrow our lives. How can they? And we get on the phone to people. I can't believe they did this. And, And we do. And then we get to work. Can you believe this person? What's happened is we're allowing narrow things to rule our minds. Have anyone in here ever had someone say something not nice about you? We've all had it. But how can a narrow, or how often can a narrow act become a narrow action or response in our lives? Well, I'm going to tell them. You know, some of the best letters I've ever written are in my mind. How many of you have ever written some mind letters? I mean, someone has said something to you, someone has done something to you, and man, it's an absolute masterpiece. You know how I know it's a masterpiece? Because you're up all night writing it in your mind. Come on, how many knows? You're going to bed and you're mad, and that whole night you're thinking about, I'm going to write this, and I'm going to, wow, that is that. I'm going to show them. But really what's happening is, we're narrowing ourselves. How many have ever received bad news? Doctors have said something or lost your job or things aren't going good. Kids aren't behaving well at school and just think, bad news. What happens is, how often do we narrow our lives down to the bad news instead of realizing that may be bad, but God's still in control and God can take care of me. What about this one? This is a good example too. Has your spouse ever said a harsh word to you? Stop shouting at me. I'm not shouting at you. Well, it's just the tone of your voice. Get Miss Mona a glass of water. She's choking over here. I mean, how quickly can we... But what happens? Do we widen our lives or do we allow our lives to be restricted? Well, hey, if they're going to talk to me like that, then they can get supper tonight. Huh? If you want a bowl of soup, if you want some hot food tonight, as Mr. Huss says, set your Wheaties on fire. I mean, come on. (laughs) What do we do when we climb in the bed? We find the furthest most part away from them. Give them the cold shot. Oh, I'm showing them. No, what's happening is you're allowing your life to be what? Widened? Oh, you're allowing your life to be restricted. Isn't it amazing how narrow things can so easily control and rule in our lives? It may sound really crazy, but you know what? Some people can allow their lives to be narrowed down by the weather. It's not sunny today. You know, we're never happy. People were moaning yesterday. It was too hot. It was just a few weeks ago. We were moaning it was too cold. And too wet. People can allow the weather. It's amazing how our lives can be so controlled by temperature. 
narrow. What about this one, LSU? Now I'm preaching right now. Now I'm preaching right now. How easily can we, oh man, they lost again. Just accept, just start expecting them to lose every time and then you'll start living a wide open life. But you know what's amazing? During the football season, Kelly and I pray on Saturday that LSU will win, not just because we support LSU, but we don't want people to come in narrow on Sunday morning. Hope knows what I'm talking about. What am I talking about? We get so depressed and so upset that LSU loses that when it comes time to come to the house of God, if we come, that when we do come and it's time to praise God, you know what? All that's going through my mind, I can't believe he dropped that ball. We're talking about it in the cafe. We're talking about it in the hallways. We're talking about it before church. Can you believe that? That was ridiculous. And, and oh, what's the deal? Les Miles who? I mean, come on, give us a break. And during that time, we should be worshipping and praising God. In our minds, we may have our hands up, but you know what? That day, our hands are this high. Normal days, they're this high, but this day, we're just... And we're trying to praise God, and we're singing, I'm coming back to the... Man, I can't believe he dropped that ball. I mean, the, the media is killing us. And I mean, we're supposed to be a top-ranked team. And I mean, this is embarrassing. And, but that's what's going through. How quickly can we become so narrow and allow narrow things to come in and disrupt our lives? It's so easy to respond in a narrow way to those things. Well, you and I need to make the decision. I've got to be bigger than that. Come on, I am bigger than that. Come on, say that with me. I am bigger than that. Come on, when the doctor says there's not a good report, can I tell you right now, you're bigger than his report. Because whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Come on, when someone starts talking bad about you and all that, you know what? You need to throw your hands up in the air and say, you know what? I'm bigger than that. I'm not go- I know how they want me to respond. I know what, how Satan's trying to bait me into responding. But you know what? I'm going to be a bigger person than that. Come on, when they start kicking me, I'm going to just start smiling a whole li- lot more. I'm just going to show glory. When people are talking bad of me, when people are cutting me off in the car, I'm waving at them and saying, God bless you. Have a great day. Why? Because I'm going to be bigger. Come on, how many realizes it's time that we start getting bigger in our lives? God didn't call us to live narrow, restricted lives. Oh, the weather, the news. And we're so restricted. And we're so narrow. We've got to make that decision every time to be bigger. Because when you make the decision to be bigger, it's amazing how few things can rule your life. I said, when you make the decision to be bigger, it's amazing how few narrow things can now begin to control your life. Don't bring your life into restriction and bondage because that's not the life that He came and gave His life for every one of us. To live in that way. Say with me today, abundance. Come on, say it like you mean it today. So what is it that's ruling your life? What is it that's ruling your life? Is it the narrow, restricting things? Or the wide open life of God? 
Here's a nursery rhyme for you that we had when I was a kid. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I'm sure they've got nursery rhymes everywhere and they're pretty much the same. There's a nursery rhyme in England that goes like this. Pussycat, pussycat, where have you been? I've been to London to visit the Queen. Pussycat, pussycat, what saw you there? I saw a mouse run under the chair. I want you to think about that for a few moments. That cat had the opportunity to be in the presence of perhaps one of the most famous people in the world. All the pomp, all the festivities, and we're beginning to see a little bit of that with the royal wedding that's coming at the end of this month. You know, in England, they, they have pretty much shut down the whole country for that day, that Friday. The kids are off school that Friday and that Monday. Just all the pomp and all of the festivities. I had the opportunity as a young boy to be able to receive an award and I went in a throne room. It wasn't the Queen's throne room, it was, it was her husband's palace. And I went in and I received an award from him. It was incredible. But all the pomp and the festivities, you had to stand this way. They, they trained you and you had to be so immaculately dressed and ladies had to have hats on and, and, and you had to, and just the splendor and the magnificence of just the room and the decorations and how, it was absolutely an incredible experience that I will never forget. But with all the greatness and the splendor, a mouse. I said, with all the greatness and the splendor that you're invited into, I mean a mouse. I mean, come on, that's it? Yeah, that's it. All I saw was a mouse. All I saw was a mouse. You see, here's the reason. When you see yourself as a cat, you'll only ever see Mice. When you see yourself as a cat, you will only ever see mice. Why? Because that's your appetite. That's what you desire. That's what catches your attention. There's nothing Satan wants more in life than to restrict you and I into thinking we're just a cat. That we're just something of such insignificance that what do we do? We respond to who we are. In the middle of life and the fullness that God has for us, we can see things that are so insignificant and we can allow things to catch our attention that we don't even have any business to see. Remember when the 12 spies were sent into Cana, a land that God promised them to have? They were sent in to survey the land. Go and see what it's like. Go and bring us back a report of what you see. But here, there is one clause, and that is this. We want you to bring some fruit back. Bring some produce back from this land that's supposedly flowing with milk and honey. Forty days later, 12 spies return. But two of them, 
Their knees are buckled as between the two of them, they are carrying a bunch of grapes. I mean, my God, that's some big grapes right there. If it takes two people to carry a bunch of grapes, that's some big grapes right there. But it's amazing. Even carrying the grapes, they couldn't see the provision. All they could see was the opposition. Even with it in between them and everyone around them seeing it, being a part of what they just saw, they couldn't look to the provision. But they allowed their minds to be narrowed down. That really all they saw was the opposition. The people were excited. I mean, they were excited when they saw those grapes. And they said, man, there's more like it? Oh, yeah, there's more. I mean, there's more? I mean, can you imagine if the grapes were like that? What were the watermelons like? I mean, my God, help us. But while they were carrying those grapes, they started telling people there's giants. There's fortified cities. The Bible says they brought a bad report. Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, hold on a second, guys. Hold on, everyone. Listen to us a minute. It's better than we even expected. This is what Joshua and Caleb stood up. It's better than we ever even, I mean, my God, when he said he's given us a land, he gave us the best land. They stood up there and they said, it's better than we could ever have expected. Let's go up at once. And take the land. And they said these words because we are more than able. Say that word with me. Able. 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 That word able means that we have the capacity to to prevail and to succeed. I love that. Joshua and Caleb turned around and said, hey, listen, don't get so narrow-minded here that all you're seeing is the giants. Yeah, there's giants. Yeah, there's, but we are more than able. What were they saying? There's a capacity within every one of us that we can prevail, that we can concede, that we can succeed. Man, I love that. You know what they said? There's more in every one of us than we know. I'm going to tell you today, there's more in you than you know today. There's more inside of you today than you know. And how do I know that? Because Christ said, I'm going to live inside of you. We have this treasure in earth and vessel that the excellence may not be of us. The power, the splendor, the magic. We have more inside, but yet we allow ourselves to be ruled by narrow-minded things. We talk about the miracles. We see the provision of God, but yet we are controlled by the Opposition. There's more in you than you realize. Man, that would preach. But what was their reply? Let me tell you their reply. Numbers 13, verse 31. They said, but the men who had gone up with Caleb, it was actually Caleb who stood up and said all those words. But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, we are not able You know what they were saying? We don't have the capacity. How sad is it today of how many Christians get beat down before even the battle? 
because they feel that their lives are so restricted and bound that they don't have the capacity to prevail and to succeed. We're not able to go up. That's narrow-mindedness. We're not able to go up against these people for they are stronger than we are. Look at the last part of verse 32. The land through which we have just gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it were men of great stature. Verse 33. We saw giants. Notice the last part. And we were like grasshoppers. Mere insects in their sight. Let's, let's, let's keep that scriptures up. You go back to the first part of that If you would, verse 31, Miss Patricia, if you would go back. We are not able to go up. That's a lie. Read on. Against these people, for we are stronger, or they're stronger than us. That's another lie. What's the next part of the last part of verse 32? The land devours its inhabitants. That's a lie. I mean, they're almost saying like the ground opens up and swallows people or something like that. Notice what they go on to say. The people who we saw are men of great stature. That's a partial truth. There were giants there, but that wasn't a whole truth. So what's happened? Lie, lie, lie. Partial truth, which is still a lie. And then what's the last part? We're just like grasshoppers. That's an absolute lie. Lie, lie, lie. Partial truth, which is a lie. Absolute lie. All lies. Why? Because now they're no longer seeing themselves as God's chosen, but they are seeing themselves as grasshoppers. I like what Jensen Franklin said. Jensen Franklin said, I mean, grasshoppers, for goodness sake, they could have seen themselves as a dog or a cat or a horse or something. But a grasshopper? But I think there's something very profound in a grasshopper that perhaps made them relate. And that was this. A grasshopper has wings, but it cannot fly. A grasshopper has wings, but it cannot fly for sustained periods of time. Really, all a grasshopper does is hops. And because of its spring, the wings basically just carry what has come from its legs. So its wings don't really serve any purpose at all. So maybe they hit the mark with their description or the image of themselves that they have the potential but they're not able to live in it. You see, if we're a cat, all we're going to see is mice. If we're living a narrow life, all we're going to see ourselves is a grasshopper having the potential. And you know what happens? We're going to hop from church to church to church. We're going to hop from relationship to relationship to relationship, from job to job to job, to friend to friend to friend. That's all we're going to be if we're living a narrow, restricted life. What did Paul do when the serpent came out of the fire and latched onto his hand after they had been shipwrecked in Malta? What did Paul do? Did Paul begin to cry and say, oh my goodness, The people around him pointed the finger and said, hey, he maybe escaped the sea, but God's judgment is now being poured out upon him. But what did Paul do? Paul took that serpent and he shook it back into the fire. And the Bible said he kept on doing that which he was previously doing, and that was stoking the fire 
building the fire, putting wood on the fire. He was working. He didn't let it stop him. He shook it off. You and I have got to realize today we weren't made and we are not made by God to live in defeat. God says we're the head and we're not the tail. God says that we're above. Come on, some of you need to hear this today. God says we're above and not beneath. Come on, God says that we're the lender and not the borrower. That means, you know, if I'm above and not beneath, come on, that means I'm living on the top. You and I have got to realize that God has a wide open life for us to live. So when that letter comes or someone gives us a bad report or someone talks bad about us, what are we going to do? When someone cuts us off and they blame us for it and it's not even our fault, what are we going to do? When LSU loses, what are we going to do? We've got to make that decision. Shake it off. I'm going to live bigger than that. Come on, I'm going to live bigger than that. Come on, do I hear an amen in the house? I'm going to live bigger than that. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. It says these words. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you and our heart is wide open. I like how Paul puts that. Our heart is wide open. Verse 12. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. I want to read these verses again, if I would, from the Message Bible. Listen to what it says in the Message Bible. It says this, Dear, dear Corinthians, I cannot tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. Don't you like that? This wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives are not small, but you are living them in a small way. He goes on to say, I'm speaking as plainly I can with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and live expansively. Come on, how many wants that to be the description of your life? I like what he says. Your lives are not small, but you are living them in such a small way. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus lived a wide open life. He didn't allow any restriction or opposition to cause him to live a narrow life. And as I close today, and we're going to finish this message on... Wednesday evening. I want you to listen to this and I want you to grab a hold of this. Listen to this statement. Don't let the principles of a narrow path confuse you into living a narrow life. What do we mean by the principles? As children of God, we've talked about it. There's principles, there's rules, there's guidelines. There are things that we must follow. But don't allow the principles of what appears to be a narrow life 
or a narrow path confuse us into thinking that therefore our lives should also be narrow. Why? Because we know God says blessings, promotions, fullness, abundance, wide open. The only reason we're restricted today is because we choose to allow narrow-minded things to rule over our lives. Remember, holiness is not living in a hole. It's not living a narrow-minded life, but it's living a life wide open with no restrictions for God. Christianity is not a small gospel. Neither is God's will for your life small. So therefore we have no business to live small or to be small. The Bible says it's a narrow gate and it's a straight way. But you must also see that that way produces a wide open life. Allow God to change the way you live, the way you see and the way you think, which is what we're going to talk about on Wednesday. And refuse to become small-minded, but embrace the true fullness of God. It's time to live in the fullness of God. It's not time to live defeated. It's not time to live restricted. God came to die that you can live in the fullness That God came, that you can live in the fullness. Come on, your lives aren't small. But you're living them in such a small way. Stand to your feet with me. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.